بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين خطز جسنت a subdivision of the Sheikh Eid bin Muhammad Al Thani Charity Association is pleased to present to you this series of lectures from the book entitled Minhaj Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah Fil Aqidah Wal Amal the methodology of the people of Sunnah in matters of creed and actions by a Sheikh Muhammad ibn Saleh ibn Uthaymeen Rahimahullah Tape number 5 Tape number 5 In this tape there is a continuation of point number 1 dealing with matters relating to the characteristics of Allah Sifatullah with examples After mentioning uh, these points related to the names of Allah, the Shaykh goes on to discuss and talk about the sifat of Allah or the characteristics. And he says that we do not describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with any description except that description with which he has described himself. We do not describe Allah with any description except the description which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself with. No matter whether that sifa or that description is a description which he is described by while not being named by the name which is related to that characteristic or if that characteristic is a description which he is described by and he is also named by the name which is related to that characteristic. And what we mean by that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described by some characteristics and he is also named with the name which is related to it such as Rahmah. Allah is described with Rahmah and he is named with the name that comes from that description Ar-Rahman. Allah is described with Ilm, knowledge. And he is also named with the name which comes from that characteristic Al-Alim, the all-knowing. Allah is described as having wisdom, hikmah, and he is also named by the name which is derived from that characteristic, Al-Hakim, and so on. Allah is Al-Qadir, Al-Qadir, the All-Powerful, and he is described by the description Al-Qudra, that Allah has power or ability to do whatever he will. So, this is one type of sifa. It is a sifa which also has a name connected to it. Allah is described with that characteristic and He is named by that name. But there are other sifat of Allah, other characteristics or qualities or descriptions which Allah is described by either in the Quran or in the Sunnah, but He is not named with a name related to that characteristic. And those descriptions are many. From amongst them is the description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet that our Lord descends every night in the last third of the night. This descension and nuzul is a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but He is not named with a name related to it. He is not called the descending one. He descends, but He doesn't have any name, and nazil, the descending one. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ascended above His throne. Istawa ala al-arsh. Allah ascended high above the throne, it is a description that we describe him with, we say he ascends, but we don't name him with the name the ascending one, Al-Mustawi. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
speak. And Allah described Himself in the Quran, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا That Allah spoke to Musa with real speech. He is described with the description of speech as a sifa, a quality of his, but he is not named with a name which is related to it, al-mutakallam. We don't say he is the speaker as a name for Allah, but it is merely a description that he has been described by. So the descriptions of Allah are two types, those which have a name related to it, and those which do not have a name related to it, it is merely a description. And whichever type of sifa it is, of the first type or the second type, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself with a characteristic, whether he has a name related to that characteristic or not, we affirm what he has described himself with. Uh, so it is obligatory on us concerning the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is obligatory on us to believe in these characteristics as they are in reality according to the literal meaning according to the literal meaning of those characteristics the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are many both found in the Quran as well as in the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and some examples just a few so that it can become clear to us some of those characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which are mentioned in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah is the characteristic or description that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a face. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has two hands. That Allah has a nafs, a self. That Allah comes and that Allah is pleased and that Allah loves and that Allah hates and that Allah becomes angry. All of these are characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are either confirmed in the Quran or in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Perhaps we will mention some of these descriptions and their proofs from the Quran and Sunnah as we go along. Here, uh, the Shaykh gives us an example of a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An example is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has confirmed for himself that he ascended above his throne. That he ascended above the throne. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he mentioned this concerning himself, he is speaking through the Quran, which was revealed in clear Arabic language. And every person who has a good sense, knowledge, and understanding of the Arabic language knows what is the meaning of istawa. Istawa ala al-arsh. Ar-Rahman ala al-arsh istawa. This Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is described by the name Ar-Rahman or his name with the name Ar-Rahman, he says concerning himself in many places in the Quran that he ascended istawa ala al-arsh. On the, above the throne. Whoever knows Arabic language understands the meaning of istiwa, that it is ascension, to rise up, to be high, to go above, to ascend. For this meaning, for this reason, the fact that this word and this description and other such descriptions which came in the Quran and Sunnah are clearly understood, their meanings in the Arabic language. Al-Imam Malik, rahimahullah, when he was asked, about the verse in Surah Taha, chapter 20, verse 5, Ar-Rahman ala al-Arsh istawa. When he was asked about this verse, that Allah Ar-Rahman ascended above the throne, or rose over the throne, and he was asked, 
How is the istiwa? He said, al istiwa ma'loom. That the ascension, it is known, meaning it is known in the Arabic language. What its meaning is, wal majhul. But the how of it, how is the ascension of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It is majhul, it is unknown. The how of it is not known. What is the meaning of istiwa? To ascend, to rise up, to be high. But how does Allah ascend? This is not known to the imperfect creatures. وَالْإِمَانُ بِهِ وَاجِبٌ But believing in that ascension of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is obligatory. It is obligatory. Why? It's obligatory because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described himself with it in the Quran and he knows best about himself. If he said it, then we know that we must believe in it. Therefore, Imam Malik said, istiwa is known. The how of it is unknown. To believe in it is wajib. It is obligatory. وَالْسُؤَالْ anhu bid'ah. Asking about it is innovation. To ask about how Allah ascends is innovation. Because the Prophet ﷺ didn't tell us or inform us how Allah ascends. Nor did his companions ask, how does Allah ascend? Therefore, we leave it as he وسلم, and his companions left it. We also leave it and we don't step out of the bounds of what they left for us. This statement of Al-Imam Malik, rahimahullah, the Imam of the people of Medina, this is the expression as it has been reported by most of the books of the people of Sunnah. But the expression as it has been reported with a chain, a proper chain of narrators by Isnad or Senate, as it came by Senate, or but through chains of narrators from Imam Malik was slightly different and the Shaykh says as it was reported through the chains of narration it is reported that Imam Malik rahimahullah said Al-Istiwa ghayra majhool that Al-Istiwa, the ascension, is not unknown this is similar in meaning to the original statement that Al-Istiwa is ma'loom here he said Al-Istiwa is ghayra majhool it is not unknown which means that it is known the meaning of Istiwa is known والكيف غير معقول In the previous statement he said الكيف مجهول It is not known And in this statement he said الكيف غير معقول It is not possible to comprehend it يعني Similar in meaning that it is not known But this statement is more clear In that the how of Allah's ascension Not only is it not known But it's not possible to know it through the intellect الكيف it is not intellectually possible to understand or to know through intellect or rationale. Believing in it is obligatory. And asking about it is innovation. Here the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen, Hafizahullah, says that this expression, the second expression, is more clear and more exact than the first one which he mentioned, which is more well known in the books of the people of Sunnah. The reason why this one is more exact is because the expression Al-Kayf Ghayr Ma'fool that the how of Allah's ascension is Ghayr Ma'fool it is not possible to comprehend it by the intellect this indicates to us that if there is no text from the Quran or Sunnah explaining how Allah ascends and likewise how Allah descends or how Allah comes or how is Allah's anger or how is Allah's pleasure and so on if there is no text in the Quran or Sunnah explaining the how of it and likewise 
It is not possible to know it through the intellect, as here Al-Imam Malik confirms that it is not possible to know it by the intellect. Well, case, it is not possible to know by the intellect. In that case, if there is no text from the Quran and Sunnah, and, and it is not possible to know to the in, through the intellect, then it is not possible for anyone to speak about the how of Allah's characteristics. There is no text in the Quran and Sunnah, and likewise it is not possible to derive this understanding through the intellect. Therefore, from this we understand that the Muslim confirms the meaning of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself with in the Quran and Sunnah, but we do not delve into trying to explain the how of it. The how has not been given to us in the divine revelation, nor can it be comprehended through the intellect. <coughs> Some of the people who try to understand through the intellect the sifat of Allah found that either when they tried, they attempted to explain the how of Allah's characteristics, they either used examples from the creatures or something in the creation to describe Allah with, saying that the face of Allah is like the face of creatures, or the hands of Allah like the hands of creatures, or the ascending or descending of Allah is like the ascending of creatures or the descending of the creatures of the human beings or others. And therefore, they fell into the mistake of comparing Allah to the creatures which is forbidden. Or, those who realize that Allah cannot be compared to the human beings, they said then, if Allah cannot be compared to human beings, then Allah must not really have a face. Or He must not have hands. And He must not ascend and descend. He must not become angry or pleased or love. Because all of these are characteristics that are possessed by the creatures. And if we affirm it for Allah, we will compare Allah to the creatures which is forbidden. Therefore, they fell into another mistake. Instead of comparing as the first group did, making comparison between Allah and the creatures, they fell into the second mistake of negating Allah's characteristics. Because they said, Allah cannot uh, become angry. Because Allah cannot be like creatures, therefore Allah doesn't really become angry. Allah doesn't really love. Allah doesn't really have a face or hand. And this is also a mistake, the mistake of ta'apil or negation. Then the mistake of negating Allah's names or reinterpreting them to mean something else. Examples of this are many and from amongst the examples which are not in the text of the book, but we want to mention some examples just as a clarification. The first of them, and quickly we will go through these examples, is mentioned in Surah Al-Rahman, chapter 55, verse 27. And the face of your Lord, the possessor of glory and honor, will remain. That Allah has the face, the face of your Lord will remain. They said, no, Allah cannot have a face. Therefore, they said, faith means reward, that the reward of Allah will remain. Another example is in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 64, when the Jews said that Allah's hands were tied. And Allah answered them saying, بَلْ يَدَاهُ مَبَصُوطَتَانِ بَلْ يَدَاهُ Nay, instead his hands are stretched out, are spread out. Allah gives freely. Allah gives freely. 
Here, the expression yadahu means his two hands. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has confirmed for himself that he has two hands, but they said no. Allah cannot have hands, because if we say that Allah has hands, we will be comparing Allah to creatures, and therefore we will be committing a terrible act. So they said, we will negate it, or we will re-explain it, giving it other meanings. Some of them said, his hands means his bounty, and some of them said, his hands means power, and others gave other explanations. Also of the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is confirmed in the Qur'an, is the characteristic and nafs that Allah has a self, a that, a self, a divine being. And this is mentioned in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 116, the statement of Isa alayhi salam, تَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِي وَلَا أَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِكِ Isa, Jesus, peace be upon him, says in the Quran, that you, Allah, know what is in my inner self, but I don't know what is in yours. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confirms for himself nafs, that he has a self or a divine being. Some of the people explain this self to mean different things and from amongst them you can find in contemporary translations in the English language those who said self means heart. Yusuf Ali in his translation of the Quran in English says that Allah has a heart. That that I don't know what is in your heart. See, nafsik, he said it means in your heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not confirmed for himself, nor has the Prophet confirmed for him that he has a heart. And likewise, Muhammad Pixar and T.B. Irving in their translations, they translated nafs as aql, that Allah, that Isa is saying, la alamu ma fi nafsik, I don't know what is in yourself. They said it means, I don't know what is in your mind. But no place do we find in the Qur'an and Sunnah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confirmed for himself aql or qalb. Therefore, we don't give such explanations, but we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a nafs as is understood in the Arabic language without negating it and without giving it some new interpretation. Likewise, uh, in Surah Al-Fajr, chapter 89, verse 22, Rabbuka, that your Lord has come. Waja'a Rabbuka, He has come. And here al maji or coming, they said, how can Allah come and go and ascend and descend? They said the coming of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means the coming of His command. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't come. While in Arabic language, the meaning of coming is very clear, we affirm it as Allah affirmed it without negating it and without distorting its meaning and without making a comparison between the coming of Allah and the coming of the creatures. Allah's coming, the how of it is known only to Him, but we affirm that Allah in fact comes because He says so in the Quran. And likewise, this is mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 210, Hal are they waiting for anything except that Allah will come to them? Except that Allah will come to them. So this is confirmed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we confirm it without attempting to explain the how of it or making comparisons between Allah and His creatures. And so also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confirms for Himself Al-Mahabba or love. And this is the mention of Al-Mahabba for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is in the Qur'an in a number of places, from amongst them is Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 54, يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُمْ 
that, that he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, loves them. Yuhibbuhum. He loves the believers, the righteous. وَيُحِبُّونَهُ And they also love him. So al-mahabba or love is confirmed for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without attempting to explain the how of it. They say that Allah loves means that Allah gives his reward to his creatures. But giving reward is one thing and loving is another thing. We affirm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Just as we affirm that Allah becomes angry. As he said in Surah Al-Fat, chapter 48 verse 6, وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ That Allah became angry. Allah became angry with them. وَلَعْنَهُمْ And he cursed them. وَعَدَّلَهُمْ جَهَنَّمْ And he prepared for them the hellfire. وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا And evil is it as a destination. غَضِبَ اللَّهُ Al-Ghadab has been confirmed in the Qur'an in a number of places. And this is only one of those places in Surah Al-Fat, chapter 48, verse 6. And likewise in Surah Al-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 93. And there are many, many characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which have been confirmed for him in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah. And here we just mention a few of them as examples. Uh, now here the Shaykh says concerning this matter that the Sifa which he mentioned as the first example and we mentioned other examples for clarity, the Sifa which he mentioned, Al-Istiwa, ascending above the throne, it is in fact a characteristic from amongst the characteristics of Allah. But no name has been mentioned related to this characteristic as one of the names of Allah. Yani there is no name which is extracted from this characteristic to name Allah with. Allah has not been named in the Quran or in the Sunnah as Al-Mustawi or the one who makes ascension. He, is, he doesn't have a name as such but he has a characteristic that he is described by that he ascended above his, above his throne. So we say that Allah ascended above his throne and we believe in this characteristic as a characteristic that is particular and special and it should be understood in a way that is suitable and fitting to the majesty and glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know that the meaning of al-istiwa, it means al-ulu, to be high, to rise up and to be above. And this al-istiwa, above the throne, ascending above the throne, it is a special type of al-ulu, a highness or loftiness. It is not the absolute or general highness that we ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of being high above all his creatures. Allah is high above everything. But here al-istiwa al-arsh is a special particular being high that is in relation to his arsh, in relation to his throne. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is generally described as being high. Al-Ali, he is the high. Al-A'la, the most high. But likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described by a special characteristic al-istiwa al-arsh, that he is high above his throne. For this reason, we say that uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that Allah ascended above the throne, we say that the meaning of this is that Allah ascended high above the throne and He is established in His place above His throne in a way that is suitable to Allah's majesty and glory. But this istiwa or ascension, the Shaykh says, is not like the ascending of a human being on a camel or ascending upon a throne and a physical throne that the king climbs up on his throne or a human being climbs up on an animal to ride it. 
This is not similar to the ascension of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the ascension of the human being on, an, on a riding animal or on a chair is the ascension of a person who is in need of the thing that they are riding upon or sitting upon or climbing upon. The human being climbs upon the animal to ride on it because he is in need to ride on something. He is in need to sit on something. As for the istiwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of anything. He is not sitting upon his throne, but he has risen high above the throne. Allah is without need of everything, while everything is in need of him. The Shaykh says that whoever claims that Allah is in need of his throne, that, that his throne is carrying him, then that person has behaved evil and has had an evil, sick and corrupted view of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the world. For Allah is not in need of anything in his cre of his creatures. Nothing in the creation uh, does Allah have any need of. But everything in the creation, including Al-Arsh, the throne, and Al-Kursi, the footstool of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of it, and all of the creatures, human, animal, and otherwise, angels and jinn, everything in the creation is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh here mentions another example of a sifa or a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that characteristic which he mentions is an-nuzul or descending ila samaa dunya that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the heaven of this world and yani the heaven that is above the earth at the time when the one third of the night remains in the last third of the night before dawn and we believe that this descending is real but it is in a way that is suitable and fitting to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is in no way comparable or similar to the descending of creatures. Here we say that it is obligatory. And this is an important point. The Shaykh here is making a very important point concerning the sifat of Allah and what we should avoid and be cautioned against. He said it is obligatory on every believer that they should avoid a particular matter which shaitan which shaitan puts into the mind or into the heart of the human beings and it is a very very serious matter and it is the matter which caused the people of innovation to distort and to corrupt the text of Quran and Sunnah particularly those texts related to the sifat of Allah the characteristics of Allah and that matter is that a person tries to imagine the how of any of Allah's characteristics or tries to imagine the how of Allah's divine being Allah's that if any person attempts to imagine the how of Allah's characteristics or Allah's divine being then that person has fallen into a very very dangerous matter which comes from the suggestions of the shaitan so we should know that it is not permissible ever to try to imagine the how or the kafir of the divine being of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or any of his characteristics and that <coughs> if anyone attempts to imagine it that person will inevitably will definitely fall into one of the two prohibited things they will either fall into a tahrif and a ta'atil yani distortion of the meaning of Allah's characteristics or emptying them of meaning negating their meanings they will either fall into that negation of Allah's characteristics either by distorting it or by rejecting it outright or they will fall into the opposite of it that is a tamthil and tashbih making examples or comparisons between Allah and the creatures 
For this reason, it is obligatory that we must avoid trying to imagine anything of the how of Allah's characteristics or Allah's divine being. This doesn't mean that we don't affirm a meaning for Allah's characteristics. In fact, it is obligatory on us to affirm the meaning, the literal, obvious, apparent meaning as it is understood in the Arabic language for whatever characteristics Allah has affirmed for Himself or the Prophet Muhammad has confirmed in authentic hadith. We affirm the meaning, but what is not allowed and what is prohibited and what is not possible to do is to imagine the how of Allah's characteristics. This is not possible for anyone to do in any way whatsoever. Therefore it is obligatory on us to avoid making any attempt to speak about or to describe the how of Allah's characteristics because no one can possibly know the how of it as is confirmed in the statement of Imam Malik that the how of it al-kayf majhul it is unknown or as reported in, in the other statement from him al-kayf ghayr ma'qul it is not possible to know it rationally or intellectually whoever attempts to imagine the how of Allah's characteristics they will fall into a very dangerous matter from which they will not be able to escape except that they fall into one of the prohibited things of making tamthil, examples for Allah with the creatures or ta'atil, negation of Allah's characteristics and this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, His being and His characteristics are the how of them is only known to Him and whoever imagines them to be in a particular way according to their mind, a specific or particular manner if a person does that, what they in fact have done is that they have spoken about something that they have no knowledge of, not from the Qur'an, nor is it possible to know it through the intellect. They are speaking without knowledge, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited this in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 36, in His saying, Don't follow, don't speak about, and don't witness that of which you have no knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited us to speak about that which we have no knowledge of and the most important thing in this matter which we have no knowledge of is the how of Allah's divine being or the how of Allah's characteristics, qualities or descriptions. If that person tries to imagine the how of, Allah, of, of one of Allah's characteristics by bringing some example that is similar to Allah's characteristics then that person would have fallen into another prohibited act and it is to make examples for Allah to make similarities for Allah and this is prohibited by Allah in Surah Shura chapter 42 verse 11 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ there is nothing like Allah there is no mithal for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَقِيَةِ while He is in fact the all-hearing, the all-seeing but the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the seeing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not like the hearing or the seeing of His creatures in this verse Allah affirms His name as Samir, the all-hearing and His name as Basir, the all-seeing and from those names we can de derive characteristics sifa for Allah some hearing and al-basr seeing but the hearing and the seeing of Allah is not like the hearing or the seeing of the imperfect creatures from this we come to know that whoever refutes or rejects any of the characteristics of Allah 
then that person has done so due to the mistake of first trying to imagine how is the sifa of Allah, how is Allah's face, how is Allah's hand, how does Allah ascend, how does Allah descend, how does Allah become angry, how is Allah's pleasure or love. Whoever tries to imagine such a thing, this is the first cause of them falling into negating or falsely interpreting Allah's characteristics in a way that they have no proof for. The person who tries to imagine Allah's sifa, after doing so, they will either make an example for Allah or a comparison between that sifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the creatures and either they will, they will fall into the mistake of comparing Allah to the creatures or they will say we cannot compare Allah to the creatures therefore they will reinterpret then that person is also of those who make examples for Allah yeah, and first they made an example or comparison and then as a result of that they made negation or rejection of that characteristic for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if everyone would give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his due rights and realize and accept the fact that just as Allah's divine being his that, his divine self, is different than the being of the creatures, human being or animal or otherwise, just as Allah's divine being is different than the, the self or the being of the creatures, so also Allah's characteristics, his qualities, his actions, his descriptions, are likewise divine descriptions and divine uh, characteristics, and they are different from the human characteristics or the characteristics or qualities of other creatures. If we accept this, then there will be no need to reject or to negate or to distort the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the end of what the Shaykh says concerning this particular point. But before closing, closing, just quickly so that it will be clear to us. Not only did the scholars before our time, not only did some of the people who rejected this methodology of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Not only did some of those people fall into error by making comparison or distortion or negation due to their attempting to explain the how of Allah's characteristics, but even in our contemporary time, some people fell into such error and they distorted the characteristics of Allah by giving their own interpretations or explanations to the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from amongst those mistakes, we can find <coughs> in one of the contemporary tafsirs of the Qur'an the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said qala, Ya Iblis, ma mana'aka an tasjuda lima khalaqtu biyadayya O Iblis, Shaytan what is it that has prevented you from prostrating to that which I have created with my two hands? What is it that has prevented you from prostrating yourself to the one who I have created with my two hands? Meaning Adam Why did Iblis refuse to prostrate to the one who Allah created with his two hands? One of the contemporary scholars said Concerning the two hands of Allah, the words, and I am reading directly from the text of the book, from this verse, uh, which is mentioned in Surah to Saad, verse 60, I think it's verse 60, 
Nam mô of Adam or the new creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created when he was speaking to Iblis. And he said the first of those hands or the meaning of two hands, it means two things. One, that man has been given an animal body on account of which he belongs to the animal kingdom. And two, that on account of the spirit breathed into him, he has been characterized with qualities which place him in honor and merit above all earthly creations and creatures. Here, the author says that the two hands of Allah is a reference to two qualities of the human being that he created, meaning that the human being is a spiritual creature and as well as an animal creature. This is an interpretation that has no basis in the Quran or in the Sunnah of the Prophet and it is a perfect example of those who distort the sifat of Allah while our position is that one must confirm the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just as they are in reality, as they are understood in the Arabic language, without attempting to explain the how of them. There are many other examples of such, but due to lack of time, we cannot mention them this morning. In any case, the important thing to know is that such examples, as this example which I have mentioned, and perhaps in the coming lecture we may briefly just touch on it in the, in the review, uh, such examples may be found in contemporary as well as the books of scholars of the past, those who deviated from the methodology or minhaj of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Uh, two questions we just want to look at quickly that should be on the handout. One of them is the mistake of those who do tahrif, who distort the meaning of Allah's sifat, is their wrong belief that if they affirm the text literally as they appear, then they will be making comparison between Allah and His creatures. Yani they believe, they, they have to distort Allah's characteristics because they believe if they affirm it, then they will be comparing Allah to the creatures. If they say Allah really loves, then human beings love. They will say, then we are comparing Allah to the creatures. Therefore, we have to change the meaning and say that love means something else. This was the mistake of those who distorted Allah's characteristics, thinking that if they affirm the text literally, they will be making comparison between Allah and His creatures. While we say there is no comparison, nor is there any explanation of the how of it, we simply affirm it as Allah affirmed it for Himself, or as the Prophet affirmed it. And the last question, what does it mean when we say the asma and sifat of Allah tawqifiyah? What does it mean when we say the names of Allah and the characteristics or qualities of Allah are tawqifiyah? It means that we can only affirm 
that which came in the Quran and Sunnah. Tawqifiyah means that we derive Allah's names and characteristics from what is affirmed in the Quran and authentic Sunnah and we don't add anything to it nor do we take anything from it. We affirm all of it just as it is without negating anything or without adding anything. Tawqifiyah means that our statements or our positions concerning the sifat of Allah is that they are derived from the Qur'an and Sunnah only without negating any of it nor adding anything to it. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Greeting from your brothers of Qatar's guest center, a subdivision of the Sheikh Eid bin Muhammad Al Thani Charity Association. Telephone number 4862390. Fax 4862358. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء ذات البروج by the sky containing great stars واليوم الموعود and by the promised day وشاهد ومشهود and by the witness and what is witnessed. Destroyed were the companions of the trench. Containing the fire full of fuel. When they were sitting near it. وَهُمْ عَلَى مَا يَفْعَلُونَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ شُهُودٌ And they, to what they were doing against the believers, were witnesses. وَمَا نَقَمُوا مِنْهُمْ إِلَّا أَنْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ And they resented them not except because they believed in Allah the exalted in might, the praiseworthy. To whom belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth, and Allah over all things is witness. Indeed, those who have tortured the believing men and believing women and then have not repented will have the punishment of hell and they will have the punishment of the burning fire. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ ذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْكَبِيرِ Indeed, those who have believed and done righteous deeds will have gardens beneath which rivers flow. That is the great attainment. Inna 
indeed. Indeed, the assault of your Lord is severe. Indeed, it is He who originates creation and repeats. And He is the forgiving, the affectionate. Honorable owner of the throne. Effector of what he intends. Has there reached you the story of the soldiers? Those of Pharaoh and Thamud. But they who disbelieve are in persistent denial. While Allah encompasses them from behind. But this is an honored Quran. Inscribed in a preserved slate. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. By the sky and the night comer. And what can make you know what is the night comer? It is the piercing star. There is no soul but that it has over it a protector. So let man observe from what he was created. He was created from a fluid, ejected. Emerging from between the backbone and the ribs. Indeed, Allah, to return him to life, is able. The day when secrets will be put on trial. Then man will have no power or any helper. By the sky which returns rain. And by the earth which cracks open. Indeed, the Quran is a decisive statement. And it is not amusement. Indeed, they are planning a plan.
But I am planning a plan. So allow time for the disbelievers. Leave them a while. 